Hey everybody, welcome to day three of PAX Australia 2018. Uh, we're here at the Audio Technica booth recording a, uh, a bit of a live show to do a recap of some of the cool stuff we've seen over the weekend. Uh, my name's Luke, I'm joined here by some of the crew from Pixel Sift and ourselves from Party Loaded. So we've got uh, Luke, we've got Matt. Hello. Hello. We've got Sarah. Hi. And we've got Gianni as well. Hello, good morning. Excellent. And we'd like to thank Audio Technica, of course, for giving us this opportunity at their fantastic booth. Tons of uh, great headsets, including the ones we're using here today. And if you want to check out their wares, uh, I recommend going to Audio Technica. That's audio-technica.com.au for some great audio gear. And uh, you could be podcasting celebrities like the rest of us. No, not really. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we played a ton of games. Let's let's talk about them. Let's uh, let's have a bit of a roundtable discussion about how the weekend's gone. So, um, Pixel Sift pals, what what's the weekend been like so far for you guys? Most we hear like so far. Well, we uh, well maybe we should introduce the podcast as well because obviously we'd Absolutely. be putting us yeah, on the two two yeah. streams, so people might not be hundred percent familiar. Well, if you haven't heard Pixel Sift before, um, Pixel Sift is a fortnightly podcast uh, and weekly gaming show uh, where we talk to indie game developers from Australasia and the world, um, and we basically want to find. We ask them the question: What does it take to make games? Yeah, that's that's the thing. It doesn't for us. It doesn't matter if you make the world's best game or the world's worst game. It's still something you've made, and it's important to us that we find out what it took to get to that point. So, yep. uh, of course, and that means we were all down in the Indie Rising section. So that's that's pretty much what we'll be talking about. Uh, and yeah, so that's Pixel Sift. Nice. So uh, I think we could probably describe Party Loaded as a bit of a, uh, a family dinner of yep. uh, video game fiends. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we talk about games. We talk about the, the most recent games, AAA, Indie, doesn't matter. Yep. Um, we have a we have a variety of different inputs. We're lucky enough to have um, Adrian on board. He's got a background in um, basically uh, being a bit of a champion for accessibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've got a background in um, game development and production. Yeah. So I bring a bit of that knowledge to the table whenever we're having our discussions. I'd like to think I have a background of game addiction. Yes. So I can kind of bring that to the to the table. Yep. But, uh yeah, no, we have a good time every week uh, for about 60 to 90 minutes, just devouring everything video gaming in the yep. world that we can, spitting it up and then, you know, picking over the juicy bits with forensic precision. So, yes. And yeah, you could be, be like the little birds getting fed. That's it. it just yes. comes back into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mama Putty Loaded. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I guess we, we sort of take a, a, an overview look of, of PAX in general. Um, a, very, a lot of interest as well, um, yep. but we check out some of the, the big publisher stuff at the same time, um, of which this year there's been... A bit more than usual. Oh, yeah. It's been good to see. Yeah. yeah. Australia usually gets the uh, the slim pickings compared to the rest of the world, but this year we um, they came in swinging, so... Yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were discussing the fact that, like, PAX still feels like PAX, even though EV's involved. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder if the fact that EV's involved is the reason why maybe we're seeing a bit more of those big publishers. The, the big place. factor, I think, for me, for me, is that games that were in previous years here from the big developers and the big publishers uh, were usually out by the yes. time they made it to PAX. And maybe you may not have had a chance to play it, but they would have been around and you would be able yeah. to see it. And this year there's games like Smash Bros, which yep. we're right next to, we can hear the music of, um, Yeah, which, which isn't out yet. So yep. you get, do get an opportunity. And things like Kingdom Hearts 3, for example. So that's a big difference, I think. And if you're, if you're keen on that, I think that's very cool. So. Absolutely. We've got a lot of like late releases this year, I've noticed. Like, there's a lot of games coming out in mid-November to December. So it's really, really cool being here and getting to try those things out before yep. they necessarily get released. Or even some like 2019 releases, I think. But I think it's like it's a perfect time of the year just to kind of get in there before like all the Christmas stuff starts happening and all those games get out for their Christmas release. But it's really exciting having like such a huge Nintendo booth with like not just currently out games or just oh this was released yesterday but it's at PAX now, huh? It's like oh no, play Smash Brothers, see if you like it. Like that's really exciting. Yeah. 
There's the whole a, Pokemon Center thing over there looks really neat as well. Yeah, yeah. A number of people around this weekend playing Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. And they had the uh, the, the special little unknowns spelling out the P, the A, and the X. <laughs> who organized that. That was a, a nice touch. So, yeah, that was good. All right, well, let's uh, let's dig into some actual games. Sure. So, has, has anyone got any uh, picks of the show so far they'd like to jump in with? Picks of the game that we've seen so far. Uh, I would say uh, probably the best thing that I have played uh, is a game... Uh, it's hard, really hard to tell, isn't it? I've played a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I, I really see a lot of very good games. In the really, a lot There's of so really good games. You'll go home and make a wish list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to say. He'll go home and just keep all the developer keys that he gets sent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, oh no, no, that we didn't get any press keys. Game. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I really liked um, Never Give Up uh, by Massive Monster. So it's based on a originally on a uh, Flash series called the Give Up series. And they're just like those brutal Flash games. And if, I don't know if you've ever played a Massive Monster game, but they really draw on that Armor Games or the Newgrounds yeah. style. Uh, and they recently won an award for their uh, first game that came out, well, it's their first major release, uh, called the Adventure Pals. That won an Australian Game Developers Award uh, on Wednesday night. So that's a really fun game. And then we didn't have the headphones up, but apparently it's got a um, quite a, an abusive uh, narrator in the game. So as you get worse at the game, they, they lay it on thick. So I'm really glad that the volume was down because I was not good at that game. But that was very good fun, one I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, that's probably uh, one Ju for me. Ju Julian Wilson not doing the narration himself? I no, 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 yep. no, he's not. No. He's doing probably all the other bits and pieces. But yeah, Julian and Jay, who are a team that kind of work between, uh, well, Julian's uh, in Australia and Jay's in the UK. So they kind of like telecommute and work that way. But it was nice. oh. they're both down at the booth, so you can go say, say hi to them. So. For me, I really enjoyed um, Talking Simulator or Speaking Simulator. I keep getting the names confused. I'm pretty yep. sure it's Speaking Simulator. But, um, that, Great game that for podcasters. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely hilarious, though, especially the fact that their, their PAX booth had this giant, like, puppetry head that you could manipulate. It, was, it just had this tongue that was about, like, that long. But um, hilarious. I The dev gave me a tooth in a jar. Not a real one. Fake one. But nonetheless, I was like, you're my favorite. You're my favorite person <laughs> yeah. here now. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed the way the game looks. And it was really cool talking to them about where they, I guess, decided they wanted to take the game. They, I think uh, the dev was watching uh, one of the Dark Knight films where Harvey Dent loses half his face. And they are watching the way that the muscles and the tongue move. And they're just like, that's not, that's not real. Like, yeah. that's, not, that's not accurate. So they did a shit ton of research um, into making sure... The, their game, it was all relatively accurate as far as like, you know, okay, well, when you make this noise with your mouth, your tongue moves in this, yeah. this, this specific spot. So, you know, you're playing the game, like you have to contort this tongue. You've got to push this button here in the roof of the mouth, or this one there, and it, it looks so difficult, but at the same time, it looks so fun. It's like a challenge game and almost like a puzzle game to try and get it right. So, especially because the more you fail, the more the robot kind of, start, its face starts to break. Right. Yeah. So then like, you know, you're trying to pretend that you're human, then it gets more stressful as time goes on, the more mistakes you make, the more stressful it is, the more your face starts to fall apart. I thought that was just utterly hilarious. Was, was it sophisticated enough to handle raspberries? Is that something you could do? I <laughs> would really like to go and find out. Yep. I would love to find out now. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I watched Mitch play. I haven't had a chance to check it out myself. But um, I definitely want to give that one a tackle today. Yeah, really any any game that's like an X simulator like, they're either hit and miss. It's good to hear that that one's a hit. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's definitely, it's it found its niche, and it's trying to do that really, really well. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to talk about a game that I know Matt won't, because uh, he's actually been involved in working on it. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we got the pleasure to check out The Dark Room this weekend, which, of course, is the, the latest title from Stirfire Studios, uh, based on the, uh, the live stage show of the same name. Uh, Mr. John Robertson, who's been uh, sort of taking that show from Australia across the UK for a number of years now. 
And uh, it was the first time that Dark Room as a live show actually made it to PAX. Yeah. Um, and so we got to sit down for a good two hours of solid entertainment and lols and, uh, and really, you know, lose our minds to, to that. Um, and I'll tell you what, once you've actually seen the stage show, not that the game isn't great without it, but once you've seen it, I think it's a whole new appreciation for actually sort of, you know, submitting yourself to that, you know, the, uh, the BDSM of walking simulators, it's called, <laughs> actually sitting down, based on the old, really old school sort of uh, text-based adventure games where you sort of have a couple of options, go up to four options on screen and you have to pick one. And in this case, you've actually got a, a fully mo-capped uh, version of John as the, the guardian in the middle of the screen, basically telling you how terrible you are. And, uh, that, you know, once you've done something wrong, you die, you die, you die. So, yes. yeah, highly recommend checking that one out. So it's a lot of fun. Um, in early access at the moment, but e extra rooms are being added as that one gets worked on. So, yep, good time. We're dropping patches all the time. Yep. Like, there's always a brand new patch. We literally add, just recently added a patch for that. Uh, they added a whole bunch of new achievements. Yep. So it's like doubled up on the number of achievements that were in the game. I'm not a massive sort of uh, hunter of achievements, but I'll make the effort for this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though my my favorite um my favorite line for that one is still um the dark souls of text based adventure games. Yep, <laughs> it's accurate. Yeah, um yeah my my favorite though has um definitely been Necrobarista. Yeah. Um, going over and playing that. Um, I've got a friend that's actually currently writing for that, Damon. Um, so this is totally not biased, by the way. <laughs> but um having sat down and actually uh, played through the demo they have here at PAX, it's super interesting because I was kind of expecting. A standard uh, narrative game, you know. So, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a whole bunch of dialogue, and then it's gonna give me like four options that will give me a chance to define who I am as a character, and then I'll be able to go and have this branching narrative. Um, but it's nothing like that. It's it's more like this story that's just kind of unfolding. Um, at, at least as far as the PAX demo goes, it's this story that's unfolding. Um, it pops up with keywords that you can go and um, click on um, through the dialogue. You can learn a bit more about the characters and the world. Um, and you can collect those keywords. You can only have a couple of them at a time. Mm. And the game goes and says that uh, having these different keywords is actually important. That by having certain keywords, they'll unlock specific parts of the story. So it becomes this whole thing of guessing, okay, well, is this keyword going to be important later on? See, that um, reminds me of the old adventure games. Where, yeah. But I wonder, the old adventure games used to be punishing because if you miss the bit where you needed to grab that thing... Sorry. Yeah. You're stuck. It's yeah. Like, it's like the insult sword fighting from Monkey Island. Exactly, yeah. right? If you yeah. didn't have it all there, you were in, you were in trouble. But I wonder how they're going to sort of balance out it. Yeah. Is it just sort of, sort of increases the branching narrative in that way? Or is it something that, you know, you're not going to get the... Yeah. Uh, who knows? Like, it's going to be really, really interesting. It's an old, that's an old-fashioned way of designing It's a very old-fashioned. Yeah. yeah. But uh, certainly in the PAX demo as well, like, there's a moment where it's suddenly, okay, you're now first person. You can go and explore the cafe and, and wander around and pick up objects. So uh, I suppose it's a good thing to actually say. So Necrobarista, you basically play... Um, I, I don't know if you actually play as her or if it's just a story about her, but it's this girl that is a barista. She works at a cafe making coffee. Yep. Um, and she's uh, also um, a necromancer. She found a book of necromancy and she can, she can do. do stuff with the dead. Yeah. It, in, a, in a bookshop in Carlton or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so, no, it is, it, it's actually based in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, the the opening cinematic is very very anime. I love it. It's really really cool. The art style is fantastic. Yep. Like it looks gorgeous. I can just picture the uh, the the milky froth on top of the lattes <laughs> actually being like a ghost trying to escape. <laughs> I think I read um, on their website. Oh, it was in the game and I was playing it and I clicked. I took some keywords or I clicked on some key moments. I was just like, oh yeah. So she just casually infuses her coffee with the souls of the dead. Makes a good yeah. cuppa. And I was like. Look, as long as Amazing. it's the right temperature. You yeah. know, I don't, I'm not yeah. really too worried. 
As long as it doesn't burn my mouth as yeah. I walk into the office, no, that's nah, fine. Not about that. Yeah. yeah. Hell of a good coffee. Another <laughs> another really interesting one that we saw um, was a game called Iluri. Uh, which is uh, it's a, from uh, students from AIE who've just graduated. So this is the first game they've ever shown off at PAX. It's a beautiful sort of art style. It's like very uh, picture book painted sort of puzzle thing, uh, sort of platformer. And um, yeah, it's just really, really amazing to look at. But one thing that they interestingly have done, they've built this kind of world, which is kind of a fantasy world where, um, you know, there's sort of magic and, and monsters and things. But they've kind of tied it in with uh, sort of an environmental message as well. So they've got creatures in the world that are really rare and that are uh, sort of, you know, just about to disappear, yep. and they're in, under pressure in this world as well. So there's the real things like the burrowing owl, and uh, you know, you're a red panda that you play through. So it was a really nice little, uh, interesting game, and it's it's kind of in a spot that probably most people wouldn't have been walking right through. Um, but it's definitely one to check out. It's made by yeah, a small student team. So oh, cool, very cool. So yeah. nice. Well, um, I'm a big fan of rhythm games, and if I remember correctly, when we did this last year, I talked a bit about a game called Spin Rhythm. Yeah, uh, which was a uh, you know a sort of. Mixed so I've deck. spent four hours at Spin Rhythm, yeah, and they yeah. told me to go away, sir. Please let someone else have a go. That's a good game. I'm not going to talk about it this year though, because I think we sort of gave it its due last year. But uh, another one um, in the Pax Rising area uh, of a similar sort of uh, you know beat um, kind of you know syncing up your sound to your gameplay uh, theme was Soundfall. Now Soundfall was a load of fun. It reminded me a lot of a, a top-down kind of uh, brawler, almost like a MOBA mm. in a way, uh, cooperative. So you've got four players. Um, but it, it looked a lot to me like a, uh, a Crypt of the Necrodancer style cooperative game where you're sort of running around with a bunch of uh, other fighters um, and trying to sync your attacks and sort of pistol shots to the beat. Um, but what they've done is actually been extremely clever this time in not just having the beat on a bar on the bottom of the screen. Every part of the scenery actually pulses with the beat That's in nice. the game. So you don't have to draw your eye away from the action. You can actually look at the trees going boop, 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 and the, the trees um, the go tiles. bop. And the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tiles flashing on the ground too. It looks the like a dance floor. Yeah. No, it was a great game. So, um, you know, it, it looks like this sort of thing that's uh, procedurally generated, uh, a lot of replayability, you know, good, good time to sort of get in. I mean, people who are fans of Diablo and that kind of thing will probably enjoy that. So, yeah, good, looks like a good time. Mm. I, I I like to think of it. It's like uh, Bastion by way of Guitar Hero. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's really nice. I can't yeah. wait to play it now. Yeah. <laughs> very very cool. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other stuff. But you guys have obviously been checking out some of the high profile things as well. You can We've talk about, about indies that. a lot. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do we have to? Uh, we we gotta. We gotta. Yeah. yeah okay. No Rage Two. Yeah. <laughs> I went over to Rage Two and I'm like, I wasn't a huge fan at all of Rage One. I tr really tried to like it because I like the Mad Max feel kind of world. Um, the the advertising for Rage 2 with all the colour has been really, really interesting and it certainly caught my eye, but I wasn't sold. Yeah. So uh, the first thing that we tried to get to when we got to PAX was Rage 2. So it's like, there's going to be a line for it wherever it yeah. is. It, it was a little hidden, but we found it eventually. We found it eventually. Yep. Uh, got on there, played it, and yeah, so I'll probably be pre-ordering that when I get back home. Enamoured was the word I think we could use. Yes. Yep. It um, was very, very cool. So yeah. I've been describing it to people as like, you imagine a game that has the momentum of Doom, the most recent Doom. Um, it has the, the gunplay of Wolfenstein. It has the superpowers of Destiny. It has the kind of hints of comedy in there that's Borderlands-esque. Yep. It has the Mad Max feel. It's like, it, this is a whole bunch of stuff I really like that's just yeah. been jam-packed into a game that has a lot of pink. Every every best <laughs> every best sort of shooter on the market currently. It's just yeah. like, yep, yeah, tick, yeah. tick, tick, tick. It the, looks the, really the good. The ragdolling was awesome. Oh, yeah. So yes. uh, Matt, Matt managed to shotgun a guy's legs out from under him, and uh, he flew backwards and, and sent a sign spinning 
and uh, you know, it sent the TV crashing down on top of him as well from the wall that it was hanging on. Yeah, yeah some, some fun stuff in there. And yeah. pink, lots of pink. Sorry, pink. <laughs> like the, the thing I think I, I, I enjoy the most about that is like I like I like shotguns in Destiny, mm. um, but shotguns in Rage Two feel powerful. Yeah, it feels like you've got you've got this vacuum that's set to reverse. It's got such a huge blast of air, it just sends people off their feet. Yeah, right. And yeah, so you're running around and shooting these people, just watching them fly across the room, smack into a wall leave a big crunch in the wall from the shotgun blast. It's like, wow, that feels... This is really morbid, but it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it's packs. Right, yeah. I, um, I can't not mention probably the most um, impressive marketing initiative that I've seen of the big oh, publishers yeah. of PAX this year, um, and that's the, uh, the Hitman 2 booth. So uh, IO... I hadn't seen that. It must have been stealthing around somewhere. The Hitman booth, yeah, yeah. yeah. You... you Blink and you miss it. Not. Yeah. Um, so uh, they, uh, you know, prepared for the queuing situation by actually having a, a second option for people lining up for the demo. You can shave some time off the line by actually sitting down and having your head shaved in the Agent 47 style and getting the barcode, uh, temporary tattoo on the back of your neck. And uh, I don't think they anticipated how popular that option was going to be. There's a lot of very bold people walking around <laughs> Yeah, now. Haircuts are expensive, let's be fair. So, you know. Living marketing for the and game. And when you've got to find time in your day to go get a haircut, might as well get it while you're here. Yeah, yeah and skip a line as well. Actually save some time. And if you yeah. go all the way back, you got more value out of that haircut. Yeah. It's longer before you need the next one. So. It's a game yeah. I was happy to queue for, though. Uh, well, I didn't have to queue, but I would have been happy to queue. Yeah. But, uh, I mean. Not happy know. to shave your head. No, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, have you seen these locks? Come on. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the innovation in the gameplay, though, like it, it, there's, there was a panel on, on Friday which was literally, you know, um, Hitman, six million ways to die. Um, and the game has got so much emergent sort of gameplay uh, sort of option to the way you can take out your targets. The, the, I think it was a Rio map that they were doing as the demo, which was actually you're trying to take out two um, multi-millionaire um, sort of tech moguls yeah, and uh, that were involved in Fair enough, black they've got coming to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Black market weapons trading, that yeah, kind of stuff. Oh, as you do. One of them's a race car driver and one of them's just like a guy who's sort of you know touring around one of the buildings. It was actually possible when we short saw um, through the panel how they could do this to actually lure the guy up onto the roof and push him off onto the racetrack where, while his daughter was driving and take them both out in one hit. So it's a pretty impressive thing you can get away with in that game. <laughs> That's good. Literally the first thing I went and did in that, it's like, you know, it, it tells you, okay, so we've left your, your weapons down in the car park. You can go get them from this red van. And so I'm like, okay, well, I don't know where else I'm going to go, so I may as well go down there. And on the way, it's popping up and it's saying there's a, there's a clue nearby. Um, and there's a, here's this guy in a, a pink flamingo mascot outfit on his phone talking about the fact that he's apparently gone and knocked out the actual guy that was supposed to be wearing the pink flamingo outfit. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's lost his car keys, though, which means that he can't get the blackmail, which means they can't get money. And it's like all these little hints that it's dropping about stuff you can probably use later on. Um, but of course, I had to go and knock him out to take the pink flamingo suit off of him now. Um, and then I just wandered around in a pink flamingo suit. Had a good day. Yep. <laughs> you kind of had to kill someone at some point, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. One thing I really want to mention, because we're talking about obviously the high profile glitz yeah. and glamour, the noise and the shouting out for t-shirts and all that sort of stuff. But if you want to get a sort of a nicer, quieter experience or have a look at some stuff, if you've got some time, you probably... I don't know. You, you won't probably hear this until that pack is over, so probably not. But have a look at the the, uh, the games that are on at the next exhibit. Mm. Uh, now that's uh, organised by uh, Ali McLean, who was uh, who's from Third Sense, formerly of um, Robot House, yep. and Liam Esler, uh, formerly of GDAA, and now on his own uh, doing great game stuff. 
And it's basically a whole showcase of diverse games, games that yep. normally wouldn't get into the main thing because there's challenges for those creators and it's an opportunity for people to, to see these games. And one of the uh, people you can meet down there is a guy called Brad Hennessy and he's made a game called An Aspie Life. And it basically tries to get people to sort of understand the experience of what it's like living with Asperger's. So, uh, oh. it's, and he's quite, he's quite young. I think he's even still like in high school. Or, wow. Yeah, pretty young. Really, uh, uh, or maybe just out of high school and uni. But um, yeah, he's, uh, it's a really fascinating game. But it's a really good experience to kind of check that out. And a nice contrast to all of yeah. the flashing yeah. the lights and like, yeah, and I think it's a good opportunity, as, as you said, you've got, um, it's something that we want to see is a lot of different voices making games all around the place yeah, and seeing those people get an opportunity to show it. So that was that was something I really enjoyed checking out. So I don't yeah. know about you guys, but last year, I think there was like two PUBG stages at yeah. like kind of opposite ends of the convention center, kind of intersecting like the indie section and the AAA section. And it was the most obnoxious thing I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life. I have been so happy that, that it's kind of like everything's kind of in the same spot yeah. over in that direction. Yeah. And we don't have like two different PUBG groups all screaming out at each other these days. Like, I don't know. I feel like the general setup of PAX this year has probably been one of the best ones I've been to. I love that the indie section is right where people walk in. Yep. It's a bit more quiet, a bit more, maybe not peaceful, but like you can kind of, you can kind of hear what's going on around you. Even if Smash Brothers is loud next to us, like it still kind of feels breathable. I feel like that it, maybe each year PAX just gets better and better. I mean, I went the first year, I then skipped the year. I went last year and then this year. How have you guys kind of been taking it so far in that regard? Like, do you think it's better? Or I've worse? been taking it in the veins as quick <laughs> and as hard as I can. No, seriously, you, just, you still don't have enough time to get to everything. You kind of have to just make peace with that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're going to spend a significant amount of time in PAX Rising for the indie content. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just so much. I even, it even feels like it's bigger this year. Yeah. As far as like the amount of games showcasing and the amount of quality as well. Like, there's so many amazing things to see this year. It's been quite an incredible experience. And I, I totally agree with you. Like, the, the, the people that are going to need that foot traffic the most are the indie. Absolutely. Right? And so having them right by the doors, like they're, they're over by the queue doors, but they're also right near the other entry doors that people yeah, typically absolutely. go through later in the day. Yeah. And so I think that's fantastic, right? Because everybody's going to come in, they're going to be like, well, I want to play Rage 2. So the fact that Rage 2 is kind of hidden away isn't that big a deal, right? right. Um, you know, uh, the Hitman 2 booth is huge. It's really hard to miss. Uh, but it's, it's really encouraging to see, like, you know, we, we exhibited a couple of years ago and foot traffic around the indie area wasn't that great, uh, but this year it's fantastic. Like you go to the indie area and it's almost like shoulder to shoulder sometimes. I've I've stand, I stood in line waiting for a small indie game to be playable for like 10 minutes, which is a, actually a really uplifting experience Absolutely, as, a, as yeah. a developer myself, yeah. right? Like it's like, that's really exciting. If even half of these people go out and buy that game on Steam, that's huge. That's going to be big for them, right? Yeah. That, that pushes them towards the top of Steam. So. I'd suggest to people, if you're actually touring through the PAX Rising area and trying to get a game in on a particular indie station, you know, talk to the developers while you're mm. waiting. Yeah. So, you know, having that extra five minutes or so to chat to the person who's actually made the game that's right in front of you, every one of them's got a really interesting story yeah. to tell. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Like, we've probably had some of the most engaging and fun times at PAX just talking to devs before we've interviewed them. Because we can have these beautiful, real conversations with them, and you know, and so many of them have such fascinating stories behind how their game came about, or yeah. like you know, where where the team comes from, or like how it even got to PAX. And they're all—it's so uplifting seeing these people that kind of have been so humble, but are at this such an incredible event, getting to show their games, having so many people come through and play them. Yeah. it's been really wonderful. Like the the Quantum Suicide Dev, um, her and I met back a few years ago in Japan while she was exhibiting, and that was that was like. 
Oh, geez, that'd be like 2016 or something, 2015, 2016. Because uh, we were over there uh, showing off Symphony. And then every year since, we've met in a completely different location in the world. So we met last time, I think it was over in San Francisco. Um, it's just, it's, it's really interesting to then hear the, you know, okay, what's the last year been like for you, right? Like, where are you at now? Um, it's, and it's really cool because that you see the sort of passion and excitement that they have. Because she's, she's on the final stretch now. She's talking about the fact that she's currently working 40-hour weeks and sometimes like 16-hour days. I'm like, don't do that. Um, but it's really, really interesting. I, nine out of ten times when I'm ever going over to these booths, I'm not actually playing the game. I'm just talking to the devs. Right, because you can see the game, and it's like, okay, that looks really cool. All right, how you doing? <laughs> you can do that online. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So this final stretch being a, a thing, we've got a handful of hours left in the final day of PAX. Yeah. So what is on the agenda to hit before everything wraps up today? So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a video game. I yeah. think a video maybe game. maybe <laughs> really, maybe Johnny? one of them. I know somewhere you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny for us. I mean, we we spend so much time checking out all the games and talking to people. But you don't get a lot of chance to actually like sit and play things. Yeah. It's like real life in a way, you know. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, We're an indie games podcast. I know. How many have you played? Uh, <laughs> sleep, sleep when you're dead, John. I played a lot. I played a lot. But um, yeah, no, I just would like to to go and have a look at some stuff and spend a bit more time and just do that. But I actually am really, really looking forward to just wandering around looking at all the student stuff that's yeah. here, because um, the student uh, efforts are usually the people who will be here in the student booth one year, and then they will be on the PAX Rising floor the next day. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a um, yeah, it's a really good sort of thing to see. And, and you come back to them as well. You recognize them from the next year and you're like, oh, thank you so much uh, for coming back. And you're like, yeah, no, great. Your game was fantastic when it was, you were a student yeah. game. And now it's even better and it's amazing to see that development of people. Yeah. So that's what I really love doing. And yeah, maybe I'll play a board game. Just do something offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good God. Just roll a few dice or something like that and yeah. just chill out. So You, you want to spend money on dice. I don't want to spend oh. money on dice. There's plenty of dice over there that I don't need to spend money on. They just give them to you, Luke. And then you just give them back at the end and then you don't have to look after them. It's an amazing yeah, but system. Johnny, you could get a giant foam dice. Just like slam that thing on the table and be like, all right, I'm here to play. <laughs> no, 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 about dice. I don't know if you're all ready for Monopoly, but boom. <laughs> to talk to, Mr. Of those talk to Mr. High Roller here uh, with his dice fetishes. <laughs> I, I, I have a problem. <laughs> I, I literally have something like 15 different dice sets. Yeah. Like it's because you have to play like 14 different simultaneous games, yeah, that's exactly right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I am GMing like five different games at the same time. It's yeah. really difficult. No, no. I just, I see pretty colors. It's like, oh, wow, that's a really pretty set of dice. Then I'll buy it and I'll just sit on myself and I'll never actually use it for anything. <laughs> so uh, I think it's fair to say, we can say about this, nerds are like birds and they like shiny <laughs> things. And uh, if you've been to bags on either side, you're just yeah. like, oh. Yep. Yeah. I, I, this year I was like, I'm not going to buy any dice. And then I went and spent $150 on buying a quartz set of dice. And it's like, that's incredibly pretty. It's going to sit in this wooden box on my shelf. That's it. <laughs> and, we, and we make so much fun of the jewelry market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, should see, you should see the markup, markup on dice. It's only acrylic and sometimes it's metal, but mate. Oh, yeah. yeah. The primo, primo. They know their customers. So yeah. what are you guys checking out in your final day? Yeah, I've still got a lot of packs Rising to, to do. So, you know, we've managed to knock off a lot of the big publishers on day one. Um, but I feel like I've not touched enough yeah. of what's going on there, especially the next booth um, you're mentioning outside yeah. as well. Got to get to that. Um, I'm feeling fairly good about the amount of things we've crammed in this year. You know, fifth year running for me, I've got a process. Seems to be working. Bit of practice doesn't yeah. hurt. Yep. <laughs> yep. For me, it's like I've, I've had uh, the experience of PAX as an exhibitor. I've had the experience of PAX as just an attendee. 
this year doing it a bit more as media and actually trying to get in as many games as possible has been really good. Um, but as you know, the, the, the best laid plans, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to play all these games. And then I end up standing there and talking to a game developer for a full half hour and I never actually play their game. Um, so I'll be probably heading out to the next booth as well um, to play some of that. Um, I definitely need to uh, head over and play Teleblast because you know, Perth game developers represent. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah, five from Perth this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. It's really good. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be definitely hitting up PAX Rising as well. Like That's that's my big focus today. PAX yep. Rising and next. Yeah. Sarah, what are you up to? Oh, I have no idea. I'm probably going to go check out, um, I think there's a big Quake uh, tournament going on just over in that direction at like 1 o'clock. So I'm definitely very keen to check that out because uh, I met a bunch of the local players recently and some of them are fantastic, extremely good at the game and also really lovely people. Yeah. So I definitely want to go see if I recognize any faces in the crowd or on the stage. And it's so exciting coming to PAX and getting to watch like Rainbow Six Siege or PUBG or Quake or whatever, CSGO, and you know, seeing like some of the best players in the country just get up and like do their thing. And it's so incredible to kind of see like you know real mastery at a competitive game just yeah. kind of showcase so that's definitely like and I'm you get the feeling of being in the crowd as well that Absolutely. you don't get if you're watching it online Absolutely, you know you get that yeah. sort of like it's like a solidarity or seeing cosplayers watching their favorite game yeah. dressed as one of the characters on stage yeah. it's, it's really exciting for me as I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the competitive scene it's really cool getting to be here and seeing other people that are also keen or seeing a player that you might recognize like I used to work with a guy in one of the, the former Australian Rainbow Six Siege um, competitive players and I just casually worked in the same office as him oh, for nice. ages. And I was like, oh, you play Rainbow Six Siege, yeah. Then, then all my friends were just like, you know that guy? And it's like, <laughs> just, just work, just do QA stuff together. It's Small whatever. world. Yeah. He's a jerk. He never cleaned out the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Shoots real good. Yeah. I mean, no, they, that's, they, definitely, they, that's definitely the peak for me. I'm definitely yeah. very keen to watch some competitive games. Well, it's a lot of fun. Playing oh, competitively yeah. is one thing, but playing competitively on stage in front of a huge audience. Oh, yeah. No pressure whatsoever. Absolutely, yeah. 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 All right, well, uh, this has been, uh, I guess, Party Sift. Party 2018, yeah. We'll be we'll be back again next year, I suspect, to, to do more of this and uh, and have another fun time. But uh, Luke, yeah. where can people find you online if they want to check you out? Well, I think these days you can find us at every other spot, which is uh, partyloaded.com, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, which is... Uh, at Party Loaded Show, I That's think. the one, yep. 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 And we're, we're doing a lot more Twitch these days as well, so hit us up at twitch.tv uh, slash partyloaded. And Pixel Sift, of course. Well, yep. you can check out all the indie videos that we've been doing over the weekend. Um, so that's on the Paxel Sift hashtag. Yep. Yep. So or you can just go to our Twitter. Or you can go to our Twitter, which is... Pixel Sift. Just and, Pixel uh, Sift on Twitter. Facebook. Facebook and Instagram are the same. They're just Pixel Sift. And on YouTube, we're Pixel Sift AU. Where and all our videos will be there as well. Twitch. Twitch, we are just Pixel Sift again. Nailed it. Yep. Good work. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, so we've done a whole bunch of interviews throughout the, the weekend, um, and we're going to be putting up more bits and pieces uh, next week as well uh, for other bits and pieces you can have a look at. Uh, but yeah, just have a look, and if you haven't had a chance to come down to PAX, you can kind of live a little bit of what it's like to be through the Indie Rising Fall. So. Yeah. And if not, start planning for next year, because... Uh, we'll see you there. Same oh, bad yeah. time, same bad channel. Yep, definitely. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank we'll you. catch you next time. See ya.